0: Okay, good, good. Because I, I, I blew out the plugs. I unplugged everything. I restarted the network. <coughs> Excuse me. That's a John Roderick cough. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, 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 I did everything. I turned the uh, uh, stop, stopped my Dropbox, um, hmm. started, started my speed, got it all. Started your speed, yeah. Like I bump, my speed gripping up. Gripping rips. <laughs> gripping grip rips. I'm getting swollen. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it's big. It's big. Lots of lots of sports ball references. Um, so I'm in an echo chamber. If you haven't noticed, oh, It's a little more echoey than yeah. normal. I don't. I don't. I don't have the. Um, I haven't uh, invested the funds into uh, soundproofing the office that I have at home where I sometimes record um, uh, podcast and, and I, it bothers, it, it's only when I'm sitting here doing it that I actually hear the echo, right? Like, uh, I, yeah. Mm. So,
1: huh, um, cause you know, do you hear echo from me? Cause I'm in my office. Do I sound different than I usually sound in my house?
0: No, you sound, you sound great. You sound awesome. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Hmm. yeah. I guess I must just have enough crap in both of the <laughs> respective offices to, uh, yeah, to need, um need, to, to, to block that out.
0: I need more crap. That's the that's the thing. Always always be hoarding. Oh, <laughs> AB ABH. Um, so I'm a little. Uh, I'm I'm my my day is a little frazzled. Um, mm. And because I, I was texting you a little bit about this, uh, I'm I'm under a uh, there's a weather warning here, Don. And I take these things very seriously. I get people yeah. kn- people know that, that I get excited weather? about. You this.
1: should not you should not mess with the weather.
0: I don't mess with the weather i the the there this is a side of me that people um who have not been around me during a weather event don't get to see i i'm like i'm giddy i don't really like s- snow right that's that's part of the reason why i don't live in in uh in, in Canadian, canada yeah. yeah i was trying to come up with a like a funny fancy name uh i, I don't live in Snowland anymore of, of canadia um but um, the Great White North, <laughs> the Great, yeah, that's what it's, it's what is known the America's Hat, uh, the Great the Great White. Hat. <laughs> I think you're thinking of toques. <laughs> the America's toque, America's Great White North hat. Um, so it's we're we're supposed to get, and I texted you what the forecast said, which is my favorite. We are to get somewhere between zero inches and seven inches of snow in the next five yeah. hours. Right It seems reasonable. That's, uh, that's what that's what you call an
1: uncertain distribution. And now now my question is is that a uh, Is that what we call a uniform distribution is the probability of zero the same as the probability of seven? Right, oh. and then there's no there's the, the probability of anything greater than seven is zero or 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 is it perhaps um, more um, Normally distributed where the it's it's three inches plus or minus
0: it could be it could be three inches plus or minus um, I don't know. I don't know enough about the weather um, other than, other than I experience it every single day, I don't know the intricacies. Yes, yes me too. Funny yeah, about that. Yeah. We've got, it's like everybody eats, right? So they're all food experts. <laughs> everybody, <all> food experts. <laughs> they're all food experts. Exactly. Everybody that handles the weather. Uh, we're all, we're all weather experts. I don't, I don't know what's but happening.
1: Really must piss off the weatherman.
0: Oh my gosh. It's got, it's got to cause them to drink. Um, I I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I I do know how Raleigh is preparing for it. Um, one uh, so my, my kids are uh, will shortly is be the on gas the gas in the snowplow. Yeah no, yeah they've got gas in the one snowplow. Everybody's got their generator <laughs> ready. Um, the schools are closing early because um, in five hours we're supposed to start getting snow. School I just want to highlight <laughs> um, does not end five hours from now. School would end normally about three hours from now, but but is closing now. Because in five hours, we might get snow. Um, and it,
1: Well, it's, you want to get all the kids home before the snow, Ben. It's
0: true. It's true. And, I, and I say that with all lovingness. I, this is why I get all excited about the panic, right? So um, I saw a lot of pictures on social media of um, the uh, local establishments that have our groceries having no bread, no eggs. And no milk, um, and I think we've talked about this before. The you know the running joke in North Carolina is everyone's making French toast when it snows, because um, those <laughs> are the three things that are not around. But yep. but it is like. It, it, until you live through it here it is like a panic like no other i mean uh, my my twitter feed and facebook have been dominated by this question don will it snow how much when is it coming that's it that's all people want to talk about and then i get wrapped up in it i i will succumb to the hype and i'm in it right now i don't i can't think of anything else like will we get snow what will this mean for tomorrow and the reason why just for full obsec tomorrow i have a flight at 6am out of RDU, um, that's the, the airport here, uh, Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham, U, um, University, yeah. University, <laughs> yeah. The University of Raleigh, Durham, y- U. um, <laughs> And uh, I don't know if I. I so I've already I've already um, given the heads up to the organizers of the thing that I'm supposed to go to tomorrow and talk at at eleven o'clock tomorrow morning. Saying I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe maybe I wake up and it's raining. Maybe I wake up and we have seven inches of snow. I, I don't know what to, what to expect. Um, and I I'm not coming today. So um, be be prepared that I might not be there. And the so thing I, about, you know, let's. Oh, go ahead. What I was gonna say. And the thing about the weather, Don. Is that uh, you can't do anything about it. (laughs) Well, this this is true, right? So what were you going to what what do you what do you got? What do you think? I'm sorry. I got to rearrange my
1: rearrange my chair here. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm. Uh, well, you know, I have uh, someone stole my microphone stand, I think. Uh, either that or I <laughs> misplaced it. Well, no, my old microphone stand. I bought a new microphone stand. We've talked about this on the podcast before, I think. Right, so I have right, a new have. microphone stand at work because the old one is not here anymore for reasons that are un- unknown to me. Um, uh, oh, and, and so the new one. So the, the, the one at, at home is a boom, boom mic. Um, right. And that one is great. Cause it just attaches to the desk and it just swings around and it's great. The old one that is no longer here was a desk mic looked like an old timey radio broadcaster, you know, with a big heavy bass and a little short little stick. But it would, if I would type, it would, um, you know, it would, it would, it would, it would, it's very sensitive to noises. the new one is not a, it's not a boom mic. It's a floor mic. So I look like a folk singer, um, <laughs> but minus a <the> guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um not, not all folk singers have guitars, uh, but, uh, yeah, well, right, um, yeah, if you're a singer, you
0: know yeah they don't say folk guitarist never once <laughs> have i been as have I been described as a folk guitarist uh right right uh, right, right, um
1: there's a very funny there's a funny very funny photo of mayor pete uh or Mayo Pete, as we call him um with a with a guitar playing a guitar, and somebody had um written on the guitar uh this machine preserves the status quo. And and I posted it on Facebook, and there's a friend of mine that like didn't get it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a Arlo or Woody Guthrie reference." Yeah, you yeah. kill fascists. So um, anyway, folk guitars, uh, microphones. Um, so the this one is it's nice because it, it rests on the floor, which means I can I can type on my keyboard or tap on my desk, and you probably can't hear that you know in the in the microphone too much. The problem is it sits on the floor, and it's got this like sort of tripartite like it's sort of like a very very um, uh, t- uh, teepee, like it's got this th- three legs, right? Tripod. But, um, I have to position it just so, so that I can roll on my, roll on my chair and not like roll over the one leg of the mic. So it just, it t- just takes a little while to get situated. So anyway, that was a very long digression about, um, uh, like me moving my chair for, um, you know, uh, three seconds so I couldn't talk right away. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, whew, Excellent. A, here we go. I had a kind bar. I got a cup of tea. I'm I'm a little warm. Think I'm gonna take my jacket off. My uh, my sports coat. Hey, stay a while. Yeah, stay
0: take a while. Your, yeah. Take your, uh, so so you can you can likely hear in the background um, dogs. I mentioned this on the pre-show. The <laughs> the the show that I signed a robotic. But I have there's a bunch of dogs here in my house today, um, and I, I here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this may be part of the show today. Um, so so because it's a oh, snow the dog's day, part of the show. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to be invited. Um, I think. Um, so so here's here's the the panic of the snow <laughs> day. But well, they're I, they're coming. They're coming. They're here. Um, that's Stanley. That's my dog. Um, so mm. uh, friend friends of ours, Hi, you family. know from the internet, uh, Sarah Kirby. Um she is away. She has a, another basset hound. His name is Jed. So Jed is is Stanley's cousin. Uh the two of them are here. Um and then uh her uh her daughter did, did, did,
1: did Jed did Jed discover Black Gold Texas Tea? <laughs> did he, he move to Beverly? Yes, yeah. He's that's him. That's he's a te- he's, he's a Texas Jed tea That's That's his that's his middle name, Jed Clampett, um, Jed Clampett, uh Bassett.
0: Jed Jed Jed, Jed Bassett. Um so he he's here. and then also Ella, who is uh, a a, a dashan, I think, um,
1: oh, not to be not to be confused with Ellie May, who is also a character on
0: Beverly Hillville. right. Ellie, we got Ellie we got Ellie May and Jed are here visiting. And Your Stan dog should be
1: named Jethro instead oh of Stan.
0: Jethro Tull. I sh- we should. So I don't know what's happening right now. I do have. Um, I may have to step away from the microphone, but I want to. Like, I think this this foley that I'm adding here with the dogs is all part of it. So, so normally I would not be recording um, at my house with three <laughs> he just, dogs. He just
1: keeps on barking. Bud. Yeah, he
0: just he barks. He's a barker. Um, he is, I think, <laughs> he's a Barker Jerry. He's a Barker Jerry. He's, I think, he's very excited that I'm talking to someone, you, um, <laughs> and he is also trying to talk. Uh, so, uh, I th- w- I will pause this in a second when I finish my my anecdote. But he, um, uh, so so I would normally be recording at, at, at my office and not away from three dogs. Um, and uh, but because. There is uh, a kid coming home in a couple minutes on the bus. I am home, mm-hmm. will be home for him while Danny is uh, picking up another kid and then also doing uh, working. So. I will be. Uh, it's going to be a, a, like quite a background here in a minute. So can I just pause and l- let me see if I can manage what's happening downstairs? Um,
1: sure. Well, I, this you know this is your episode to edit. Oh yeah. So I will I will leave it to you. Um, we could I we could I could do a quick Google search for the Jeopardy theme, which we could insert. Yeah. Or 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 you could you can just leave it all in and and uh, you know and everybody can listen to me type on the internet. So yeah, go for it.
0: That would that would work. Um, I will I will be right.
1: Back. Okay. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Uh, I'll take, uh, uh barking dogs for a hundred.
1: <laughs> so, so I will, I will, I will pause this now. Um, so, you know, I found the jeopardy theme on YouTube and then after the jeopardy theme played, it went to play like the modern jeopardy theme, Ooh. which is, it's horrible.
0: Uh, we we watched... it's horrible.
1: It's unlistenable. Why I don't know why they don't have the old Jeopardy theme. I'm I'm very disappointed in Jeopardy. <laughs>
0: oh, Jeopardy. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you and our listeners my solution, which may not may it's it's just uh, where I'm at right now. So so two dogs are downstairs, the ones that are usually quiet. One dog I brought him closer to the mic, the loud one, mm-hmm. because I think. The fact that I will uh, spend the next uh, hour and forty five minutes petting him while mm. we do this podcast will make it so he does not uh, bark. Um, I'm I may be proven in, incorrect by this by my theory by my by my approach and strategy here, but uh, but this is it. But I, currently, there's no barking. Um, so we well, see,
1: you know, this is, this is a very interesting risk, risk management strategy because <clears throat> if he's far away, clearly he's barking, but he's faint, right? If he's close to you, he might not bark in which case he'll be quiet unless he does bark, in which case he'll be really loud. Correct. So I, you know, I, I think that's a, this is a good, this is, you know, keep your, keep your friends close and your enemies closer <laughs> or, or something, right? Yeah. Keep your friends close and keep your dogs closer.
0: Yeah. And, and he, so, so normally, so this is my dog, Stanley, who is, who is, who is, I think a little put out that he is not the only dog in the house this week. Like I think he gets really excited. Oh, there's another dog. This is exciting. And then all, all of a sudden, when we pay attention to those other dogs, as you do because oh, they're dogs. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, because they're dogs. Yeah. He loses his mind. So I think he thinks I'm up here talking to another dog or something. What? You've got a fourth one up there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so he needs to be he needs to be part of this. Whatever's happening. So,
1: so yeah, fourth fourth dog podcast. Uh, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I think so, I think I think so. I so I think about. I think about uh, the band Three Dog Night on a regular <laughs> basis, as as my wife and our two dogs and I are uh, all in our bed together, uh, thinking. Guess <laughs> what we need is one more dog.
0: Three more dog. Three dog night. That's pretty good. You know that.
1: You know that. You know you, you've heard of that band, right?
0: I uh, yeah. So they yes. Um. And you and you know the origin of their name. I don't. Is it no? Can can you yeah. can you explain so on this?
1: I, I I will. I'm looking it up on the internet, but I'm pretty sure that it um it originates. Yeah. So it basically it's a. Um, it, it, it says the the girlfriend of one of the people in the band uh, suggested the name after reading a magazine article about Indigenous Australians, in which it explained that on cold nights they would customarily sleep with in a hole in the ground while embracing a dingo, a wild species, native species, a wild dog. On colder nights they would sleep with two, and if it was freezing, that would be a th- <laughs> uh, night.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. I had no idea. Yeah, a, I, I, I I think about
1: that story all the time. So yeah.
0: So. Um, so th- I have a three dog night anecdote, um, <laughs> as well. So three also
1: to pet safety talk.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, uh, no, and this is about the band, not the dogs. Oh, um, okay. So, so my, um, uh, uh, Danny's cousin is a bus driver, uh, for musical acts in oh. Nashville. He lives in, oh. lives in Nashville and he, and he drives, drives buses what, and what an
1: interesting job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, one summer, so he, he works for, Oh, uh, you! if you uh, insert a famous country music singer here, because I can't remember his name. Um, and, but the, he works for this guy all the time, but except when he's not working for him. So when he's not on tour, he, he gets to work for other people. And he drove Three Dog Night on a tour um, maybe 15 years ago. Um, and the reason why I know this is because he stopped in, uh, like, Topeka, Kansas when we happened to be living in Manhattan, Kansas and we met him at a uh, At a Denny's um, and we did not go to the three dog night show But I did have uh, an opportunity to see three dog night perform um, And maybe even meet them, uh, but uh, oh, wow. Yeah, but we didn't uh, I, we, we just didn't we didn't go and actually It's possible that we didn't go because of another dog situation because we had a dog at that point Maybe we just didn't want to leave her. I don't know. Can't remember <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, 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 he is a bus driver, um, and is a, is a very cool guy and he drives through Raleigh every once in a while and, uh, we meet up with them. Um, but yeah, he does, uh, he's a, he knows, he knows the famous people. Nice. Yeah. And I really wish I could remember which, which rock or country country star from Nashville that he drives with. So I could give a shout out to the, to the person, but, um, but yeah. So, um, so we got, so we got dogs are quiet. Um, this is good. Um, I'm, I'm currently in a, uh, uh, in I, I, <laughs> this maybe a show title that I'm already, uh, about to say. So I think I'm currently in heavy petting mode. Um, oh, here. Yeah. I think it means something different than what I, what I mean though, uh, with, with my dog. Um, and, uh, and he's, he's starting to lay down. And he's going to go to sleep. Uh, but the other dogs are great. Good. Yeah. And, uh, um, and Sarah, Sarah, Kirby, who maybe sometimes listens to the show, um, she, she uh, uh, she's traveling and, and we look after her two dogs because when we go away, she looks after our dog and that's a very, um, good, uh, trade-off and relationship to, to have. Um, so, so that's why we had some appearances from a couple of dogs today. <sighs> hey, so... The, this is the part of the podcast where I tell you about um, Netflix shows that I'm into. Something I, you like. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Good, good. So I told you over text about two shows that I got really, really into last weekend. Um, and I wanted to see if you've actually uh, um, watched any of them. So the first one was White Gold, which I mentioned in, in a podcast a while ago. Um, this is not the first time that um, that I mentioned it, but I the second season came out this summer, and I have now uh, watched all of the second season, and then um, the. Other podcasts is from this or podcast. The other show is from the same writers, and it's a show called The Inbetweener's. These are both British comedies, and I love them. Love them both. They're they're terribly inappropriate. Um, not uh, not not PG thirteen, but really, really funny uh, shows. So both on Netflix. Uh, I, I love them. You should watch them.
1: Yes. Thank you for the recommendation. Uh, I've been uh, traveling and uh, oh, I'm, I,
0: I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to <laughs> that's cool. add it to my
1: list. Yeah. Yeah. That's really annoying. It does that. I shouldn't do that. Netflix. You shouldn't do that. Uh, Netflix, shouldn't do that. Um, how can we mute this? I don't know. Oh, you know, if I add it to my list. OK, so now it's now it's stopped. All right. Thank you, Netflix. So, yeah. So I um, uh, I've, I've added now I've added both of my list. I had uh, white gold. And what was the other one you said? The in-betweeners. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so uh, I've been traveling. Um. So uh, I have not uh, had a chance to watch much television with my wife, and uh, didn't watch it by myself either. So uh, no, I have not. I've not watched either of these shows, but your recommendations are duly noted.
0: Well, check them out because they're funny and everything that's British. I think about you. Also, my dog is now <laughs> licking a plate uh, to keep him quiet. That's what's happening in the background with a fork oh, that I, is on. Well, oh, so. not, not, not maybe not so quiet. No, yeah. not so quiet at all. Uh yeah so what else? so what's going on with you how are, how are, how are things how's uh, how's the garden state
1: It's good. I just got back from uh, Akron, Ohio, uh, visiting uh, the folks from Gojo um, uh, because I'm I'm doing some work with them. I sit on their scientific advisory committee. And uh, yeah, so uh, lots of uh, lots of people applying hand sanitizer. (laughs) Good. Our good friend and and former guest on the show. uh, Chip Manuel uh, works there. And uh, so it was good to see Chip and to talk with him a little bit uh, about all the good stuff that Gojo is doing. So, yeah. So uh, exciting times.
0: Yay! Gojo, Gojo came to visit me too. Um, a oh while ago. yes, yeah. in fact,
1: we talked about you. Yes, 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 yes. We talked a lot about their visit to North Carolina State and uh, your and Dinah's Dinah's favorite kitchens. Uh, to kitchen. Dinah uh, along with her kitchen um, and talk about the work that you guys are going to be doing with them. So yeah, some really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're looking forward to to sort of figuring that out. Um, Uh, yeah. So, so that's, that's it. I, I, um, uh, other like little food safety things that I've been messing around with. Um, we, I'm getting ready for the conference for food protection and by getting ready, I mean, I'm like, I looked at the the packet. The packets are out. The issues are there. There's some interesting ones. You and I will both be on uh, Council Three together, so we get to um, make. W- hopefully, we'll sit next to each other and make a lot of uh, uh, snide comments or, or whatever that we will we'll do. No, um, but I'm. I'm
1: Wait, I, we, should, we should probably sit separate and then just text each other.
0: <laughs> that, that works. That works equally as well. Uh, and then I'm in the in the like final preparation for. Um, putting together, well, confirming and just checking with everybody on the educational component. Um, There's a, a program for a day where, um, uh, as part of CFP, because there's so many state and local regulators, um, the, the, the idea is to put together an educational day on just like different things. And the topic this year is new foods and new technologies. And you will be the keynote for that. Um, and Oof, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure at all. But, uh, but yeah, I've spent a lot of time sort of talking checking in with people and I'm, I'm excited We're this program, if you're, if, if you're a listener and you're not sure what the conference for food protection is, um, it's, it's really we we've talked about it uh, numerous times on the podcast but it um in in short it's it's a place every two years where the retail food safety world gets together to hash out any changes to the to the food code um, recommendations they're not they're not uh, absolute changes but it's a, a formal process where um, the conference recommends to, to FDA certain things um, in so they can uh, uh, address or change them in the model food code uh, and as part of this um, because there's lots of people there there's an education um, uh, component that, that has been that was added uh, sometime time ago and um yeah it's uh we'll, we'll be talking about like new use of technology social media um uh Patrick Quaid from IwasPoison.com will be talking. Um a couple of folks from Chick-fil-A will be talking about how they use technology in their um uh both both by like mining social media for uh, alerts but also how they use technology in their um in their system to to really understand what's what's happening and what to focus on and then there's going to be like all these breakout sessions in the afternoon that are on um like 3d printed foods and um culture-based meats both plant and and um and and like traditional meat i guess uh grow grow, lab grown meat um and um uh, uh cannabis and botanicals uh as well as uh three um I think I already mentioned 3D printed food, but, uh, but then also, um, protein sources like insects. So kind of like questions that, that we get, you know, they come to us through, uh, through the podcast or through our extension, um, world, but things about like, oh, how, what's, what is this safe for? What do we, you know, what do we have to worry about when it comes to these, um, these new technologies or new, um, new types of foods? And, uh, you know, we, we hope to get people in into a room so they can all uh, talk about it and learn about it. And so, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just spent a lot of time this week, like, following up with people. And, and so I'm even more, like, I, I talk to all the speakers, so I'm even more, like, excited to be like, all right, let's do this. So, you know, it's a month and a half away, but I'm, I'm looking forward. I think it'll be a fun program.
1: But let's just come back to that. You talk to all the speakers?
0: Yeah. Talk, I'm talking to you right now.
1: Okay. Um, don't we? Don't we have a? are we supposed to have a call or you're supposed to tell me what I'm, you want me to talk about, or did we already do that?
0: Uh, you know, I, already, I we already we already did that. But well, we had a we, we had a we had a text. Um, okay. But, but I what, I will uh, what what are we? It's in the show. It's in I the show. It's in the show. It's in the I show. I haven't
1: I haven't made my slides yet. No. No. Um, you, and I'm just—I'm wondering when you're going to want them from me.
0: Oh, the night before or the morning <laughs> of, Don. I'm—you know how I roll. I don't want to put any undue stress on you. No. So, so what I want you to talk about, um, and I'll—I'll uh, I'll send you the the final, um, the final agenda, um, so you can see everybody else's like topics. But I want you to think about from a from, from a risk. I I I. I'm going to describe what I think. What I think you do. Um, here <laughs> from, from, um, a here, here on the podcast or here yeah. at my work or no, just okay. here in your work here in your, in your world and what you do in your, in your life. Um, I, I, I want, like, I think you, you have a really keen ability to step back and start to look at risk, not, not from a formal risk assessment uh, standpoint. Although you do do formal risk assessments, but but to say okay, let's let's l- take a look at this. What what would what could go wrong? What could go right? What would I have to worry about? And and really set people up for these are the things that I see based on w- what I know about these technologies or these foods. Here are the things that I would worry about. So sort of like giving some insight into these are risk management. Things that you might think about, not here's a risk management plan or approach, um, but but here, if I was, you know, if, if I was a, um, a restaurant that was getting into um, the world of uh, very traditional uh, protein sources like insects, what kinds of things would I want to know about the source of those insects and storage? And, and, and if I was raising them myself, what would I worry about? Or if I was buying them from someone live, um, what would I, what what would I worry about? And what kind of questions would I ask? And so I, I want, I really want you to like take not all of these things, but, but two or three of these and, and just sort of, you know, spend, you know, eight or 10 minutes uh, on each walking through your process on how you would, Help someone make a risk management decision Hmm. 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 What do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, good? I that that works. So yeah, and I
1: <clears throat> There's some that I have more interest in than others insects is one that I'm increasingly interested in um, and I think I can probably trace it back to New Orleans and there's a butterfly museum and uh, <laughs> At the end of the butterfly museum, they feed you some insects <gasps> and they were pretty good Um So, and I think we talked about the butterfly museum before on the podcast, but we'll, we'll give it another plug, but, um, and I recently um, reviewed a reviewed a review manuscript on insects as food, um, and so it, yeah, it's definitely something I think that is we should you know it's worth talking about. So insects is definitely one of the things I think that I'm interested in talking about. And then there's others that I'm maybe less interested or or less maybe I have less insight because it's you know it's not it's not necessarily you know it's like what I like to do in in the risk world you know where I'm faced with something novel is say, well, okay, so this is something that's novel, but it's kind of like this other thing. Right. And so let's look at this other thing and let's look at how we would assess the risk of this other thing. And then let's see if the analogy holds and and try to use that to extrapolate how we would assess or manage risk on this, on this other thing.
0: That's, and I think that's exactly what I, what I want you to do is, um, put, you know, sort of put you into this situation of here's, think about like being a regulator in, um, you know, a small, a small rural county in Missouri. And, and all of a sudden there's, there's some new trend that, a that a hot restaurant that's opening up wants to bring in. And, and yeah, you've got, you, you've, you've heard about sous vide before and you've heard about, um, uh, you, you know, you, there, there's a couple of restaurants that, that do su- sushi, but, but one of them wants to get into the world of like plant-based meats and, and 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 this this is maybe your first time thinking about this type of food. What what is it that you that you would worry about, and what how you know how would you help uh, that regulator sort of step through this? And some of this stuff, there's insights that are already in the food code that are out there. But but I really want you to like think about that from from their perspective. And, and I really like that approach that that you're. Um, you're sort of keying in on here is like okay, well, what is what about this food is kind of like something else that we do know more about, and and how how different is it and how similar is it, and what are the data gaps that we would have to fill at some point um, that might help us answer how much similar it is or or whatever. So, yeah, I'm the I'm the, this is part of the reason why I'm looking forward to this, and and I'm you know by no means the the entire driver behind this this process. Um, uh, Dean, Dean Rich, uh, Dean, Dean Linton, of my, of my, uh, my college, he's, uh, uh I, I'm co-chair of the program committee with him. Um, and we've had a, a committee that's really over the last like 18 months gone through this, this process. Um, but, but it's, it, I don't know. I'm, I, I like after talking with, with almost everyone, um, or not all the stuff, everybody, uh, including you, uh, about it. I'm, I'm like excited for this. This isn't like a normal, Hey, let's just tell people about food safety stuff. This is like genuinely, I'm looking forward to this cause I think I'm going to learn more about things that I don't know about and I'm, I'm, I'm interested in them. Um, and that, you know, that is not done. This is sad, you know, uh, maybe, maybe not surprising, but it's not always the case when you go to some of these meetings um, and these meetings as a, as a whole, I don't know, um, you know, the uh, conference for food protection is usually very different. Um, but yeah, one of the things that, that I want to instill here is like, let's learn about some new things and I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, this should be a, <clears throat> excuse me, This, as, as, as pre meeting workshops go, uh, this should be a pretty interesting one. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, if you're not, uh, this is a message for the listeners. Um, if you are interested in more information about the Conference for Food Protection, we'll put a uh, link to the website in the show notes. But also, um, this uh, educational program is, is happening on Monday, March 30th. Um, so if you are coming and you hadn't planned on going to the, um, educational piece, my, this is my plug. I think you should come cause I think it's going to be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. and another day in Denver, who's going to turn that down, right? Denver is a cool it's a cool town.
1: It yeah. is. It is.
0: Cool. Uh, what else, what else you got? What do you, what do you, what do you want to talk about? We got a bunch of stuff in the, in the Dropbox. box where what, what's, what's on your mind?
1: Well, let's, you know what, let's, let's do that. Let's go to the Dropbox. Um, Uh, for the podcast and let's look at what we have coming up here. So this is something that just, well, or we could talk about a potential guest, I suppose. That's always, that's always fun. So, um, so this this is, (laughs) um, so, so Ben, um, uh, uh, a new investigation by a national nonprofit consumer advocacy group revealed an ingredient banned by the EPA in Paint stripper is present in decaf coffee products. Um, uh, There's uh, a press release and an infographic and uh, the executive director of the person that is responsible for this important finding is available um, as to be a potential guest on Food Safety Talk. So uh, what do you
0: think? I, I I think we should. Uh, I want to point out that this came from uh, someone named uh, Rio Romano, um, and w- to which I read initially as Ray Romano, um, the uh, everybody loves Raymond uh, guy. And so I read this entire email in Ray Romano's <laughs> voice in my head, and then I realized that it's not Ray Romano; it's it's Rio Romano. Um, uh, this is. Uh, it, yeah, what what what's happening um, with us? Like, have we are we now jumping the shark, as they say? Where all of a sudden we're getting three or four emails every week about people that want to be <clears> guests <throat> on our show that that clearly have not listened to our show. Um, it, the, it, what what would um, uh, Jacqueline Brown, executive director of the Clean Label Project, tell us about? Do you think? <laughs>
1: Oh, well, I think she would tell us that we shouldn't put chemicals in our decaffeinated coffee. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, what I think it is, Ben, and this is I have no data to back this up, but hey, you know, whatever. It's a podcast. I don't have to have data. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think what it is is that people have realized that the media landscape is shifting and that there's a thing out there called a podcast, which is a way for you to get your message out there, right, to promote your press release or to promote your book or to promote your person that you're the PR agency for. And so I think what people are doing is they are typing in um, podcast and then whatever the search terms are. And I think if you type in food safety podcast, (laughs) I I suspect that ours shows up pretty high on the list. So, yeah. Um, I think that's what's happening. So it's just a realization that podcasts are an important thing.
0: Yeah. And it's probably just easy, right? Like, okay, let's (coughs) find a bunch of podcasts and, and find some emails and, and it's low risk if I send out 400 emails. Oh yeah. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. Just search and replace. Yeah. Dear, dear Don, we love your food safety talk podcast, you know, et cetera. Yeah.
0: Let me know if this is an interest of topic or a topic of interest on food safety talk.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We had, did we have another one this week? There
1: was I think we did I don't remember or it was some time ago oh uh, no be an honorable speaker no that's, uh, that's no, we
0: talked about that one.
1: one Yeah, it's an invitation to go to a conference um no but here's here's what I do want to talk about though this is actually kind of interesting so have you ha, what has your been your experience with ghost kitchens have you heard anything about these ghost kitchens
0: Well so um, did we yes so we talked about this. Already okay. Uh, well, no, but but on a, on a podcast that um that we did live the uh, the Idaho one, okay. Um, but very quickly that was the first time I'd ever heard about a ghost kitchen, um and I yeah we we, we didn't spend a whole lot of time about it. So um these these are um uh, like okay go I mean go through what uh what a ghost kitchen is.
1: Right. So my understanding is so, and and again, this is talking about technology and disruption, right? The world is changing. People get their news from podcasts or get information from podcasts instead of from traditional media. People also um, get food from restaurants, which they've always done. But now with these um, third-party delivery services as intermediaries, um, you could theoretically order food from Mm -hmm. a restaurant that you've actually never been to. And so the idea of a ghost kitchen is you get a building, and in that building you put in a bunch of different kitchens, right, a bunch of different restaurants that all have featured different Mm -hmm. styles that are very, very popular, but – because no one ever comes to your restaurant, you don't have to have a nice restaurant. You can have just a little hole-in-the-wall place that you know maybe is being inspected by local public health. Um, but you pick a really, make a really nice website. You have a really clever menu, and then you market those services through delivery services. So if you're on your favorite delivery service app and you're looking for, gee, I want Mexican food, or gee, I want barbecue, or whatever. Um, you punch this in and then you order from one of these one of these quote unquote ghost kitchens, which is not a real re- well I mean it's a real restaurant in that they're really preparing food, but it's not it's not a restaurant. You can't go to this restaurant and sit down and, and eat at the restaurant. And so the idea is that this is uh, this is a thing now and and that, and that if you were to actually go and look at the go to physically see the restaurant, you might change your mind about whether you would want to actually get food from this restaurant or not. Right, right. So that's that's my that's my non uh, That's my old old man's description of what a ghost restaurant is
0: Yeah, and and so um, they're also known as cloud restaurants or cloud kitchens Um, and I, you know, I think you you sort of cap- captured what I understood in the first time I had heard about this um again was at the um intermountain meeting in in idaho and it, it provides a uh, challenge to regulators because um, yeah, I need to do this. I, I you know, I need a, a business license or uh, to be permitted. Um, I'm going to have a place that that is um, that that's regulated, similar to what a food truck would look like. But it's it's when it's only coming through the delivery services, it's and it's not a physical thing that's showing up that that people can see. I, what I understand is it's kind of hard for. Um, local and, and state regulators to know that these things are even existing, right? Because it, it just doesn't, um, it's not clear if you go to Uber Eats or Grubhub or DoorDash, um, whether it's a ghost kitchen or not, cause it just looks like a, a brand, right? Um, and then you might have four or five or 10 brands all operating out of the same ghost kitchen. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's, it's a really. Um, a really interesting um, situation. So I, the I, I, I'll, we'll link to um, an article that was in Food Corridor, and I don't think we linked to this before. Um, this came out afterwards. Um, it is, uh, um, where is it? Uh, Cloud kitchens, ghost kitchens, or centralized licensed commercial food production facilities where anywhere from one to two or dozens of restaurants rent space to prepare delivery optimized menu items. One restaurant may run multiple brands or virtual restaurants all operating under one roof, or the kitchen may be run like an incubator shared by different purveyors. Picture a large warehouse with numerous stations, many restaurants of stainless steel prep tables, hood vents, stoves, ovens, sinks, each with its own orders coming in direct from customers. To me, this is like the ideal situation, right? That it's, um, that that you have a licensed commercial food production st- space, like sort of a shared use facility. Um, you've got uh, a way for, um, regulators to kind of check whether they're following the the food code or whatever the local laws um are around uh and it's and, and it's kind of established um but but I think the from from my understanding this is not not always the case like like you're alluding to um if if someone did step into these these kitchens maybe they would make different choices about whether they would order order the food or not but I, I like also this is like fascinating to me that this is the, um, a a new landscape of, of the food industry.
1: Well, and this is again to bring it back around to CFP. So one of the reasons why I'm really excited for this year's CFP is I just spent the last two years working with a huge team of people to put together a guidance document for um, uh, direct-to-consumer delivery services. So things things like Amazon, uh, Amazon Fresh, and uh, Blue Apron, and things like that. But also, which was which is a revision to a document that we wrote for the last cfp but now we have this the new addition which is these third-party delivery services you know again you mentioned some of them grubhub insta instacart uh different because it's grocery shopping but you know instacart uber eats uh, grubhub things like that um and i'm still i still on a regular basis i think about um when we were working i don't remember it was if it was this cycle or the previous cycle somebody from local public health was talking about how they were like how they would regulate these companies that they didn't really know existed. And, and I said, well, how do you find them? And and the answer from this person was, well, we go on Facebook, right? Which is like something is broke, something, well, and, and something is deeply broken, Ben, like, like a regulator for a regulator to go search on Facebook to find the, the, the companies that they should be regulating. Something is broken. Right. And, and again, I mean, uh, I'll, this is it's great, great. I mean, I, I love innovation. I love the idea that these companies have come into this marketplace and they're they're doing interesting things, they're giving people more choices, but it's gotten it's really gotten out ahead of the regulatory world, right? Which is still sort of assuming that there's a there's a physical location that has a name of a restaurant that's been permitted and that, that people go to the restaurant, right? And if and if these things are are not yeah, I mean, how, how do you find it right? So it's just something something is fundamentally broken and again part of the complexity here is that we have uh, we have that there are weird regulatory structure where we have a federal government and we have state government and it's the state government and the local government that regulate local restaurants and local supermarkets. Um, and they don't always have the resources, right? And, and there should be a permitting process and there should be lists. But again, in New Jersey, it's really confusing. You know, again, and we, 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 were, we were talking about this when I was was in Gojo talking about the work that we did for NoroCore, the NoroCore project um, with, with Leanne Jacobs and you and other people. We had to figure out restaurants to go te- swab their bathrooms for norovirus. And there's not one central database in a state like New Jersey, right? So you have to... It, it might be on a county level which is great you just email the county and you and you you know you pay for some photocopying or you you, you know you you give them you pay some fees to get access to this information but up in north jersey these are these are like a city by city jurisdiction and so to get all the the restaurants in one particular very small county in new, york, new jersey that is close to new york city you had to contact dozens of people and dozens of local public health offices to get that information and so it's just it's just not a very efficient not a very efficient system for, for trying to do anything. Right. And it's just uh, yeah. So I don't know, I don't know what the solution is, but, but we, I mean, well, and maybe, maybe the solution is someday we're going to have a, we're, we're going to have a big problem, right? We're going to have right, a right. big outbreak. Somebody's going to get some news media attention and that's going to, and that's going to drive uh, change in the process. But until then, I, I really feel for my, my public health colleagues that I have to deal with this.
0: Yeah. Well, and so there's, there's some interesting pieces here about, it, the, this, um, this ghost kitchen and where it fits into that regulatory world. So, um, I think in some jurisdictions and, and we have enough regulators that, uh, that are on, um, that listen to this, that can, can chime in and, and let us know how close I get to this. But in some jurisdictions, the, amount that someone is paying for their inspection like the the cost of being permitted as a food establishment is based on how many seats you have right like you got you got 40 seats there's a calculation you got 200 seats there's a calculation it's it's based on scale well all of a sudden with ghost kitchens i don't actually know how it works with in those jurisdictions with with food trucks but a food truck has a like it's it's obviously got no seats um, but has a, a limited scope of how much food it can make because of the size, right, like in, in the location. But in a ghost kitchen, you really could have a situation where they're they're serving hundreds of people a night, just like a, a, you're a real restaurant, but not sort of paying their fair share of, of those permitting costs. So you it, it taxes the inspectors. Like, can you imagine walking into one of these ghost ghost kitchen facilities, and there are 20 restaurants operating in a big warehouse, right? And, and you're like, okay, how, what am I going to do here? These are all, uh, you know, are, are we looking at 20 different establishments? Okay. So now I'm in a, now I'm in a food court, right? I'm going back and forth between all of these different foods, but we've got common areas and common storage, maybe in, in whatever. Like, I, I feel like that's it's a, it is a it becomes a more complicated system to calculate how how you how do you recoup the um, the um, uh, workforce costs for this, which is how many inspection programs are are built, right? Like they don't they don't have legislative dollars that go in there to run it. It's they recoup all of their money on licensing, so so the licensing runs the inspection program.
1: Right. And I would say in that case, the licensing system is broken, right? you right. Like seats is seats is the wrong metric, right? So it needs to be that. Well, but how do you do that? Right. So it could, if you did it on annual sales, um, then high end restaurants, which charge more yes. would be, would be, would pay more fees, which is not necessarily like what you really should. So again, let's, let's, let's go like a, a clean slate, right? From a risk perspective, it's really, about the number of meals served, right? So if I'm serving 100 meals versus 10 meals versus 1,000 meals, those are different levels of risk. Now, of course, the nature of those meals goes into it, right? If I'm serving a uh, thousand servings of sushi, or if I'm serving, you know, 100 servings of sushi versus, um, like like, um, you know, 10 servings of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know, th- those those levels of risk are different. But at the, at, but I think that the sort of the starting point is number of meals, right? Right. Um, so, so, and, and you should be able to get that right. And that, that number of meals should roughly correspond to a certain dollar amount, obviously realizing that, a, a, you know, white tablecloth, uh, you know, high end restaurant is going to charge more. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, but it's not, it's not impossible. Right. So, and yeah, and I, I would be really interested to know, like, to what extent these operations operate Uninspected, inspected. Yeah. yeah. That, that's really, I mean, inspection is not a magic bullet, but it's a good start. Well, <laughs> you know, I, having it, an inspector come in on a regular basis is a good start.
0: Yeah. yeah, And just have exactly like it, it sets that it, it sets the baseline. Right. And, and, and I think it, it's a good start. And if I am ordering something through Uber eats or whatever, you know, pick your, your other favorite delivery service, I, it, my, my thought, is an assumption, you know, an assumption as a consumer who is close to food safety, but even if I wasn't, is that, well, if Uber Eats is going to bring me this, this must be a regulated place, right? Like, like it must be that, um, you know, it's going to meet all the same, um, standards that, that the cheesecake factory would, or, or, you know, or whatever. And, um, but if, but all of a sudden, if, if Uber Eats or Grubhub is connecting people to unlicensed ghost kitchens then it's not right and so so there's this like uh um uh, communication or disclosure uh process and and yeah it's you know facebook's uh, you know all, all on its own but if i'm using one of these services i would i would hope that those services are vetting the the kitchens well, and right, and that's and that's a and, and that we di- we didn't get into this because
1: these this is a relatively new thing. This just was not part of our our process for writing this document. What we did talk about in the document, which I can now actually really talk about because it's a public it's posted, document, yeah, right, posted. But is like what's the what's the re- nature of the relationship between between the two companies, right? Like what the nature of the relationship between the restaurant and the delivery service, and so how how does that how does that work? What you know what what needs to go right for that to be a good Relationship? How do you how do you manage? Uh, like, what are the criteria for a restaurant using a delivery service? Like, what are the requirements the restaurants going to hold the delivery service to? What we didn't really get into is what is the delivery? what requirements is the delivery service going to going to hold the restaurant to? Right, like, right. starting with, um, uh, you, need, you need to be a regulated facility. Right. So so that would be and it would be really good to know, like, what are the policies of these companies um, towards uh, towards uh, potentially things that are potentially meet the criteria for ghost kitchens? And again, or ghost kitchens or cloud kitchens, we don't really we don't really have a definition of that yet, but but we uh, we could make one right like like a facility that that only uh, operates through these delivery services. So, what what is the vetting process, right? I would be really interested to know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would, so, yeah, if anybody knows about that who listens, please let us know. Um, as you were as you were doing this this document, um, is it? And I I know. Remind me, because I think we've talked about this when you were a couple of times as as you had. Um, sort of provided some updates, but the delivery service itself. So it's it's different from like uh, pizza delivery, where where those deliverers are employees of the of the company, and that delivery is just an extension of what's happening in that company. In, in exactly that
1: that and that is a that is an incredibly crucial distinction, right? Because because if it's a if it's a pizza place and the and the pizza delivery drivers are employees of the restaurant, that that is regulated by the food code. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it, if they're not employees of the restaurant, um, and they're not even employees of the service, right. They're contractors, which don't even go, let's not even talk about that. Right. Um, those, those people are technically not regulated by the food code. I mean, as as I understand it,
0: right? right. Like how would you even know who, who that would be? Right. Like, like, and, and that's the, that's the really like interesting part about, about the, the delivery, you know, fortunately, um, if, if I order something like, you know, think about the things that could go wrong in delivery, right? Time and temperature problems. Okay. one yeah, one, one thing, um, contamination, uh, issues, maybe some allergen issues, um, that, that can pop up. But, but the time temperature I think is, is not really like, it's not really practical to really focus on that because if, if I order something from, you know, whatever, wherever, um, we'll just keep throwing out names of uh, people that we know, uh, Order something from Chick Fil A on 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 Grubhub, and, and it doesn't show up for seven hours, right? Like I I'm not I have a, other like I have a consumer problem, right? It's not like it's, it, it it is the the whole goal is to get it to me hot and quickly. So I think right and so and
1: independent of food safety, there's going to be quality issues. Yeah, and I think I think Chick Fil A is not going to want to have their brand be represented by whatever gets delivered to you after seven hours, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then and then I still I also the other thing I have to think about is um I, and I think this was on back to work. Merlin talked about because um, he's in San Francisco and a lot of these services you know sort of started there. Um, like he's talked about the milk that he got like the next day after the guy took it home and kept it in his fridge or something, <laughs> right. right? And so, um, like that's not a best practice, right? That you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. right,
0: right, right. And yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, here you go. Here's here's your stuff.
1: Here's your here's your warm day old milk, you know, <laughs> yeah. which I sort of I sort of refrigerated for you.
0: Yeah, don't worry about it. It's cool. I put it in my fine.
1: Fridge. It's pasteurized. It's it's okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're, you'll be it, you'll be just fine. Um, so this yeah, I mean this, this I, it is such a um, it, it's such an interesting discussion, and I it make it always makes me value the regulatory world because they're. You know, we're talking about this. They're already trying to figure it out. And and they're, you know, we just threw up all these barriers, right? They, they got to find them on Facebook or they don't know because they may not exist. Um, the It's not like you can go to Uber Eats and say, hey, I'm a local health inspector. Tell me about all of the contractors that you have and tell me about where you get the food. Because, you know, Uber Eats can just say, screw you. I don't have to. You don't regulate me. You have no jurisdiction over what I do. Uh, well,
1: and I think that 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 it that, you know, I mean, I, I, I've, got, I've got good friends in these companies. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that might not be a bad idea. Right. So, oh, so let's right. figure out like let's figure out let's let's make a regulation. Right. We used to, you know, Ben, I don't know if you know this, Ben, but they used to put sawdust in meat. Right, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Upton Sinclair wrote
0: a book. He said don't and put, now, don't do this. And now we don't, we don't yeah. put,
1: we don't put. Actually, that book was nominally about the immigrant experience yes. in, in the United States, rather than about food safety. But anyway, um, hmm, history repeats itself. Um, But, um, yeah, so, uh, maybe, but we don't put sawdust in meat or if you're going to put sawdust in meat, it's a lot harder and it's against the rules. Right. And so maybe we ought to, maybe we ought to think about changing this, this regulatory structure up a little bit such that, um, that that information could be made available. Cause you know what? I mean, it's not, it's not really, it's not really in the delivery services, best interest to deliver poor quality food or unsafe food to their customers. Right now it might not come back on them. But it's certainly not a good way to keep to win customers, right? I,
0: right right, right. I, I
1: got to imagine right
0: and well and, and yeah, and this is this is where uh, sawdust and sausages get made. Um, it, the, the whole the, this whole process is so like kind of bizarre, and the the whole point of regulations is you have to do this, right? but if you but I, it, it becomes a negotiation if it's not regulated. And, and the good businesses will do it and the not so good businesses will, will say, okay, I don't really want to, want to comply with what you're asking about. But, but the problem with that, without, without some sort of regulation or, or at least without some sort of jurisdiction is then the regulator is stuck. They can't do anything because okay, screw you, go away. What do I do next? Cause I really don't have anywhere to go to, I like, all I can do is just ask nicely and hopefully that people are going to play, play with it, play along with it. Um, yeah. Um. Uh, so okay, I want to talk about. I want like now that we're in this um, CFP mode a little bit. This is your CFP preview show for those who are not, uh, um, who, who are who are listening. There is uh, there was a conversation at the 2018 CFP, and I, I see that there's an issue again this year about um, using credit card. Uh, information and outbreak investigations what are your what are your thoughts on that? and, and, and my my dog is very very excited about about this.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say I, I am, you know, there's privacy issues. So first of all, let's, let's talk about the negatives. There's, there's privacy issues, right? And so yeah. if I use my credit card to buy something, um, that is information that is between me and my credit card company and the company that I bought the the item or the, the product mm-hmm. from. So, so that is, that is a privacy issue. On the other hand, um, and this is this has been the same thing with uh, loyalty cards, right? Like loyalty cards. Some people perceive uh, shopper cards or loyalty cards as an invasion of privacy, right? Because you are telling the store, hey, I buy this is what I buy and I buy it on a regular basis. And you know who I am. And again, I, I, I had this experience just this morning. We were out of a particular flavor of tea and I know we bought it before from Amazon. And so I was able to go back in through my Amazon orders and order that product again. Well, Amazon, Amazon now knows that we at the people that live at this particular address they really like this kind of tea and they bought it three times in the last uh, in the last year so boy we could we could be you know that's that's inf- information that that you know we now know we could information use to, is power. to our advantage yeah, right yeah, yeah exactly but but i i really i really do believe that that i mean i i understand people's privacy concerns but you know what um food safety is also important and if you if you had information if i was a if i was somebody who had been made sick by something and some regulatory person could get access to my credit card history and know that i'm i'm okay with that right i think there have to be protections in place right cuz any anything can be abused but but i think that from the point of view of food safety we, we ought to be able to design a system that is protective of privacy, but at the same time is also protective of public health, right? And use that information. So that's my, that's my um, waffling, dithering uh, <laughs> response because we're allowed to do that on this show.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, so here, let me pose a different question to you. So you, you, you said, um, okay, so cre- credit card wise, it's imp- if it was someone who was sick, And you, someone mined my credit card information and said, or my debit card information, whatever, you whatever. Some electronic transactional information. It doesn't have to be credit cards. And said, okay, hey, I want to alert you to, yeah, these are all the things that you bought and this is a good starting point. What about if it was we're trying to do a case control study? And now we're actually looking at people that purchased foods that didn't get sick from it right like like that's that's a whole you know to, to step back into the um and 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 be like a uh Armchair explainer of uh, of epidemiology. In a case control, we've got cases of people that are ill, and we've got control cases of people that weren't ill. And what we're trying to do is look at common factors, right? What do they eat? And if you were more likely to eat something, you you got sick. You got sick, and you were more likely to eat these things. So, so would it's a different question to me whether it's okay to say, all right, uh, product A made these people, we think it might've made these people sick, or I mean, this might be early on in the investigation, we don't even really know, but let's look at a sample of people that have no illness and let's look at what they purchased as well. That's, to me, that's different.
1: It It is, but we ought to find a way to do that, just like you can find a way to lie to people, Ben, uh, to trick <laughs> them into putting let's, germs on their hands, Let's, right? let's, call, it,
0: let's call it deceived, Don. And, uh, well, okay, and then, okay, fine, yeah. fine.
1: Potato, potato. Yeah, and, um, and non, yeah.
0: non-pathogenic sur- surrogates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but,
1: you know, I mean, it's bacteria, Ben. They're dangerous.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, true. But it's it, – like I don't know. The, I don't have a I, – I don't have a good answer on this. Like I, I – Well, I, but, yeah. but
1: here's the thing. I mean – case control studies are super important to us, right? Absolutely. And so we ought, we ought to be able to find a way to make the case to people that this is important. And, and we, we figure out ways to do all this stuff all the time, right? Like food, uh, people that study food processing plants or people that study produce, um, uh, production have figured out ways to be able to go onto farms or into processing plants and look for pathogens and, and still protect the right to privacy of those companies, right. And not expose them and, you know, to undue risk and Keep their lawyers happy, right? And so we ought to be we to be thinking about ways to do this because case control studies are so. I mean, again, as somebody who's come to epidemiology relatively late in life, but uh, who's a huge fan, case-control studies. My my impression is, case-control studies are incredibly useful, and you and 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 half of the study, at least, is the control part, right? The case part is fine, but you, unless you have the control, you don't have that denominator to be able to look at relative levels of risk. And again, as somebody, I talk about denominators a lot. Like you have, you have to, if you want to assess risk. It's not just enough to say that we have X number of cases. We have X number of cases out of like Y number of people exposed. And that, and that denominator information is so critical. And we need to figure out ways to allow scientists to get it in a way that, you know, advances food safety but at the same time is, is protective of people's privacy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the – okay. So I'm going to send you the, the – take a look at the link in, in, uh, that I sent you right now. And and don't forget to send me the
1: link for the other thing, uh, the other story, ghost kitchens, or yep, I did, I uh, did. Thanks.
0: You already got it. Um, so oh, this it? yeah. Okay. It says it's delivered too. I sent you a picture of my dog <laughs> sleeping too.
1: I I saw that. I didn't yeah. I didn't remark on that.
0: No. Uh so so here's the the issue, and um, it, the, this is one that it, you know let's uh, um, we won't be able to talk about this because it's not coming to our council. It's council one, but the recommended solution is um is really about um it, it really looks really general here, right? So the, the whole idea is like, okay, somehow we need to use some transactional data customer history to help uh, solve outbreaks, right? Like that's the overall uh, summary of the issue. The The recommended solution is that there are a couple of provisions in the food code currently that we clarify to say that this provides sufficient authority for a regulatory authority to conduct a foodborne illness investigation. And, and this is the interesting one, obtain access to existing consumer food purchase data. That's like, I don't know. I, I, I really like this in theory. I, you know, for, we got we have to figure this out. I don't know if, if having that line in the food code that uh, regulatory authority has um, sufficient authority to obtain uh, access to existing consumer food purchase data is the right way to do this. And and I think like if we if we talk about you know all the really good businesses out there are already going to do this, but but to have a widespread use, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm like super paranoid about privacy stuff. Not from my, I don't actually have any interest in my privacy. But I think about someone like okay, so so we've got a, a you know I'll give you my my straw man uh, example of a of a of a situation small. Um, health, uh, you know, a small county, rural county in North Carolina. And we've got an outbreak and we want to get access to all existing consumer food purchase data from from a grocery store. And, and, and it's specific to food purchase data. But when I go into the grocery store, um, you know, the a person that might be affected by this or might be someone in this case control study. Also, we get a receipt that shows that they purchased like a pregnancy test. Right now, holy shit! What are we gonna do? Sorry for um, our explicit cursing. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so, well, so, 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 I, I think the solution to that
1: is you enact really good precautions, such that that information is available, but that needs to be a redaction process, right? Like it, so it needs to some, it needs to go through someone who basically redacts the information that it, do, it does not get released, right? And it's it, it annoys the hell out of me. Um, sorry for cursing <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when my university requires credit card backup on yes, something. Yeah, here's a here's a paper. Here's a scan of a paper receipt. But you you think that I am enough of a crook that that you need to now if well first of all if i'm a crook believe me i can no but yeah persees <laughs> listening but but you know believe me if i can fake a, a paper receipt i can also fake a credit card receipt yeah. right cuz yeah. cuz you know you can you can you can do stuff with pdf i mean i don't i don't know how to edit a pdf but but Someone i've can. heard from from yeah. the dark web um, that you can hire somebody <laughs> to do that. Um, John Roderick knows. Yeah. Email John. Um, but uh, you know, but but and so now t- I've got to send this credit card bill, which is going to be ninety nine percent redacted. Right? It's going to yes. have my name. It's going to have the last four of my of my credit card, and it's going to have line after line after line of redacted information, and then the one line that I that is I'm required to show. And I'm going to spend probably. I don't know, five minutes doing that redaction for every single credit card that receipt that you, that you re- require about ba- where you require a credit card receipt as backup. It's like, you real that's really what you want to pay somebody with a PhD exactly at my my yeah. rank and you want to pay me to do that right because it's my personal information it's not going to be a secretary that does it you're asking me to do it you is that that's really that's that's really useful use of your time right um so anyway I I'll, I'll step off my soapbox now but anyway I I would I would I would be in favor of this but I would I would also really like to be in the room uh w- the room where it happens um but unfortunately I'm going to be in a different room
0: right 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 so <laughs> sure. well and um, we're not I we I we we just got a message uh in real time here um yes. uh, about like kickoff uh you know things and and I note um that we are not allowed to deliberate issues in any way or in any forum except we are together in the room with our council three team members and so fortunately we're talking about something that's not even on our council uh here we're not allowed to talk about ours um that we'll be uh it, talking about um but don't, don't even get me started yeah but but here's like so I, I you know, I, 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 you know, I think we're, I think we're kind of getting somewhere. the The question becomes, and I could see the industry really pushing back on this, and says, okay, so, so I need to, um, you need access to for pr- food purchase data, right? So let's say it's not even credit card. Let's say it's we, we have a uh, SKUs that are linked to a credit card. Um, I'm gonna give you access to that, but I can only give you access to food purchase data. So, to me, that reads like the industry becomes responsible for redacting it, and that. Now all of a sudden I have this, like this business burden on, on a retail store for not anything that they can control for or really budget and say, all right, we've got whatever, you know, that's going to take hours, right? There's money, there's money involved in this and I just don't know the right way to do this and not, well, and
1: and maybe, maybe the solution is you figure out a fair compensation, right? And the, and that, that, then that again, I'm, you know, um, I'm I'm I am i am i have been I've been listening to way too many democratic socialist podcasts Ben uh, but I think the solution is more government regulation yes. and higher taxes so I'm with you. I'm you just tax you tax people and um, you you use those taxes to provide budget to the health department that's adequate for them to do what they do and included in that is compensation that can go from the health department to the to the to the the the, the establishment to um, to offset those costs
0: All right I'm in now I'm in I got that. That is yes. I'm also listening to too many, uh, this
1: machine. Does not preserve the status quo, man. <laughs>
0: uh, well, good. Okay. Well, this is that was that was cool because I wouldn't. I, you know, I like I said. I've I've been going through these. I've been thinking about um, these these issues. I, I I think the first time I went to to CFP in 2010, I really didn't know what to expect at all. Um, and 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 I I didn't know. I like, I, I don't think you had made a suggestion and then someone else said, Hey, you should go to this thing. So I, so I went, Oh, it was, it was probably, um, um, uh, deep South, uh, suggested that I, that I go. Um, and, um, and, and so I, so I went, but I didn't do the, like all the background of reading this stuff before. And then when I was on council for the first time, um, I did. and And now like, I, I just know from previous examples of me that if I don't spend time on this in little chunks before it becomes really, really overwhelming. So I've been like, just, you know, going through looking at words that I think are interesting and trying to read them and th- see what I, what I like. One other uh, issue that, that w- clearly is not on our um, council and we can, we, d- we we're not deliberating on it anyway is one that comes uh, that, that is also on council one that I will send to you right now uh, that we'll include in show notes. And Don, this uh, is a uh, callback to a, uh, um, an episode, a live episode that we did just outside of Seattle last summer where you and I, before um, we did our live show, we went to a, um, a, a restaurant and I went into the, to the bathroom or the restroom and saw a whole bunch of kegs that were stored in there. Um, and there is now an issue. Uh, that, um, that is coming uh, from uh, the Great Lakes Conference on Food Protection uh, that is being uh, presented that is uh, about um, making sure that uh, the food code says, um, you know, uh, the, the suggestion is a letter be sent to FDA requesting amending the following sections of the most current edition of the food code from core designation to priority foundation for food storage in toilet rooms. So it would be a bad idea to store food in, in toilet rooms. Um yes yeah. I agree. But anyway, it's a good it, like it's this is going to keep the poop. <laughs> it's where we keep the poop, it's not where we keep the food. I don't don't keep my beer in there, please. Uh, no. but but we will link back to that episode where we talked about this and we did have some feedback from in a in another episode about um, from a couple of brewers and I, I put some stuff out on on Twitter around this and, and there was quite a good discussion about um, how often this happens and is it possible to get contamination from the keg into the wines and um, and what the likelihood is and how do we clean and sanitize and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah, storage think and think toilet I think, rooms.
1: I think it's low risk, but it starts – I mean, yeah, right. you can imagine a scenario where somebody with norovirus comes in there and they vomit and aerosol and the aerosol lands on the beer keg and that could transmit norovirus, I think. so. Yeah. And again, low risk probably, but, um, but just not, it starts with, it starts with keeping food out of the toilet rooms.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's for another episode of uh risky or not. The other podcast we do, uh, there's no thumbs up or thumbs down, let's dither on this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. So, um, other, other things I, I so I want to, um, give you another, like a link of something that I am reading a lot now. Um, I don't have a story to to link to uh, for this, but I'm we'll, we'll link to an, another like um, online source called thecounter.org. Are you familiar with this publication at all? Have you have you seen I, anything? I am. I am not. Okay, so this is um, it, it is uh, a. Uh, where is it? It's like a not-for-profit organization that. Oh yeah, here it is. The counter is an independent, non-profit, non-partisan newsroom investigating the forces shaping how and what America eats. I have been reading this every day because they they've got some good like insights. There's a couple of really interesting um, journalists that work for them. They they but they do. Um, it's not just like reporting news they're writing from a really like i think good nuanced insight way and so they the first thing that that came to my attention from the counter was related to chipotle and labor laws in massachusetts i think it was um and but um there's just like some really interesting um interesting stuff in in here and it's become a really good place for me to learn about new food trends and, and it's just, it's just well-written. So I I just wanted to call it out as, as one of those sources, like, as do you have, we've never really talked about this, but, but what's your, what's your news consumption world look like? Like I, and I'll let me go through mine. So you know what I'm asking about. I I spent a, a, quite a bit of time on Twitter. I have started using nuzzle on Twitter. Um, thanks to, uh, um, something that Merlin mentioned. Um, and, and it essentially is a service that takes all the people you follow and, and gives you a curated list of the links that they have linked to or retweeted, which I think is like kind of cool. Um, I use, um, the Apple news app and, and I might, you know, a couple of times a day scroll through that, but then I've got like six or eight websites that I just go to all the time. So like, I, I, I like, um, 538.com, which I think is now owned by like, was the, yeah, ABC news, but ESPN owns it, but it used to be like the New York times, um, and, uh, Nate Silverman. Uh, and then I go to my local like the Raleigh News Observer and I look at the New York Times and the Washington Post and the um, Globe and Mail from Canada and and ESPN. But I've added the counter on um, this list as like every day I'm kind of looking at this as a as a place for food safety. And, and food safety news is another one as well. So what do you – how do you look at – how do you consume news?
1: Right. So um... – One of the things I did in, um, November of, uh, three years ago, three and a half years ago in response to activities happening in the country is I began a subscription to the Washington Post and I get two emails a day from, from the Washington Post and I almost always scan through all of them and read the headlines and then click on ones that look interesting to me. So that's, that's my kind of my main process. One thing I've started doing recently is that Facebook gives you a, a screen uh, or a button, uh, which is like one of the middle buttons there, and it's or the next uh, fourth fourth button from the left, um, uh, which start suddenly started up, and I guess I clicked on it, and it's today in freehold, and what it does is it gives me five new articles, the n- new articles from local publications, right, and so that just basically tells me what's going on in the immediate vicinity around me, and it's not really around food safety. Hang on, this um, is in Facebook. Yeah, it's in Facebook app on on iPhone. Yeah, iPhone. Okay, I
0: don't know if
1: I. Yeah. So so if you if you go to Facebook, there's uh, my on my Facebook, and and you know please please get off Facebook. It's terrible. Oh, today in Raleigh. Company. No. Today.
0: Yeah. There it is. I've never seen this before. It's not in yeah. my like, My little.
1: Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah, so part of my process, and the, and and I think once you start looking, it starts giving you alerts, um, and uh, I just click on it until the alerts go away. Huh. And it, you know, whatever, it's it's fine. There's a there's a woman that was uh, turns out was killed by her boyfriend, and so I've been following that story oh. uh, pretty closely. It's been it was really very tragic, and they she they couldn't find he committed suicide, and oh, they gosh. couldn't find her body. And anyway, so it's just it's just miserable. So anyway, so yeah, the news we,
0: makes me react. We turned into a podcast that Danny listens to. That's okay. <laughs> so so that's nice. Um,
1: all right. And so, and then, um, Twitter, of course. Um, but that's, you know, it's, it, anyway, thanks politics makes me sad, Ben. Um, so I, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> like, Max, I'm almost completely off Twitter. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. You quit Twitter again. Yeah, sure, sure
1: you have. Um, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't quit Twitter, but I, I come comes and goes. And the guess the good the good news is I'm like really I'm really busy uh, with work, and I don't have time. So it's and so I haven't done that. And then the other thing I do is a podcast, right? And so I listen to <laughs> podcasts <laughs> that they sent me. What? That
0: just came up what? as another thing I do as a podcast. I'm like, that's very meta. I know. Like we're literally doing that podcast right now.
1: No, <laughs> no, no. I listen to a bunch I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Uh, my new favorite one, which I've talked about before. Well, my favorite my still my favorite one is Do by Friday, and that's and that's great. And I learn about lots of cool stuff from that one. Um uh like uh what's the thing? The the the, the Fatberg. Um oh, yeah, the, and yeah, the guy yeah, uh, yeah. the uh, the the doodler, the guy the, I, I love shit, the doodler. You know, the, in, <laughs> the doodler. In the, uh, <laughs> crapping in the sports fields in Homedale, which is a town slightly north of where I live. Um but um yeah, what was my point with all this? Oh podcast. So oh uh uh You're wrong about. It. I really like oh, yeah, You're Wrong good. About and uh, lately uh, oh, so, so tra- coming home from the airport last night, hearing about the tragic, tragic story of Anna Nicole Smith, which is wow, that was a that's a poof, that was a gut punch. Um so yeah, don't don't listen to that unless you want to be sad. I have not listened um, to that episode yet. Yeah. They re, they re released it for Valentine's day. It's, Oh, it's so sad. Um, uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then I've got, yeah. And some political podcasts and then, you know, there's (laughs) not really any food safety podcasts except for this one, which I do. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's about, that's about it. Um, I used to, I used to, and I've started, I've have resubscribed to, uh, the Asbury Park Press, which is our local ish paper, like our, our County paper. Um, but I, I don't ever read it. I used to, used to get on Sunday and Saturday and Sunday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and, and then went down to Sunday and then went down to not at all. Um, so I used to read the physical paper, but, that's gone away. Um, and then lately what I've been doing on my phone, because the news makes me sad, Ben, is I've been playing um, uh, Spell Tower, uh, oh. Spell Tower Plus, which is a brand new game uh, where you look for words and uh, it's a really beautiful game and it makes me happy.
0: Oh, that's cool. I, I've been playing WTGT Golf. I play golf <laughs> on my iPad now. Um, uh, well, so anyway, thanks. I mean, th- so
1: most of th- the news makes me sad and I have, I don't have time to, to worry about food safety news cause I'm too busy doing food safety. So that's, that's my, that's my, uh, that's, that's my thirty second summary.
0: No, that's good. And you're going to get the alerts. People are going to send you stuff and, or it's going to pop up in, in the Twitter or Facebook if it's something big. Um, and I, I am bad. If people tag me, I shouldn't tell people this, but if people tag me,
1: I will go and look at what you tag me in. And I do, I do find out stuff from, uh, Slack that I'm on, uh, well, that's not really news related. And then, uh, you know, occasionally people on, uh, you know, mostly, mostly my interaction with people is, is, is answering people's questions if they ask questions about stuff like, so on the, on the, uh, discord, the Dubai Friday discord or on Twitter, uh, you know, people will, uh. People will ask me questions about stuff. Got a bunch of questions around uh, coronavirus um, and I just told them to follow yeah, <laughs> yeah. he knows he knows what he's talking about. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what I do for news.
0: that's that's cool. I, I, we've never talked about I don't it before. know it's cool I think it's, it's,
1: it's really not very good, but
0: yeah oh, and then I I, I get and I, I delete without
1: reading um, uh, stuff that your students are collecting. <laughs>
0: well, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's, and I, I listen to stuff, or I listen to, I read some of that stuff. Um, I gotta, hey, can I, can I hang, can I edit this out? Danny just called me and I don't know why. Um, oh, yeah, sure. So that I'll usually. Put Jeopardy back on. Okay, put Jeopardy back on. We'll take, we'll take a, a two minute break and I'll edit this out. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Hey, everything okay? Yes, it was, Um, it is extremely uh, silly emergency that is not really an emergency. So I, I, <laughs> I participate in a fantasy football league, <laughs> uh huh, uh huh, in Canada, and I don't sure. have yeah right right right. Um, and it's not the CFL, it's it's NFL, but I don't have PayPal, and Danny has like she I, I can't PayPal people in Canadian dollars. I guess I don't know. So she's she's the accountant and she knows how to do that. But then there was a panic because she paypal the wrong person. Um, or or not? Maybe she paid the right person. We're not we're not entirely sure. It appears to be fine and rectified now, but that's what the panic was about. <laughs> does why, do, it, why does
1: why does fantasy football involve paying people?
0: Well, because I you, you um, the, there's I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm not going to go to jail for this. There's like, this is this sounds like illegal gaming, Ben. Yes, yeah, I'm going to involved. report you. I'm going to edit this out. Um, I don't. <laughs> I think it's an administrative fee for the person who is running the league. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm. Th- that's fine. That's totally yeah. fine. So I we administrative have these to are totally
1: fine. We have to pay I'm administrative. Sure that's
0: exactly fees. what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know what he does. I don't know. He doesn't report his budget to us um, on where where things go. But yeah, we have to pay that an administrative cool. fee. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's what's going on. Did I lose you? Are you here? No, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, no, I'm just
1: okay. clicking on a link uh, from MMWR uh, called Auto Cuff. Chagas disease, Missouri,
0: 2018. Oh, what's that? Is so, it something good? Um,
1: what's added by this report in 2017? A blood donation in Missouri screened positive for antibodies to Trypanosoma cruzii, the parasite that causes Chagas disease. Based on the epidemiologic, clinical, and laboratory data, the reported case likely represents the first documented autochthonous case of Chagas disease in Missouri. Huh. I've seen that word before, and I, I like it because it it it, uh, it basically has the same root as Cthulhu. Um, you know who Cthulhu is?
0: Mm, someone so, from Star Trek?
1: Yeah. No. So auto uh, Cthulhu is a indigenous rather than descended from migrants or colonists. So it's the first actual true case oh. of, of Shag's disease in Missouri that comes from Missouri. So um, Interesting. And, uh, we'll, we'll – yeah, so we'll uh, link to Cthulhu. No, Cthulhu is a mythical creature um, from the world of H.P. Lovecraft. Do you know who H.P. Lovecraft is? No,
0: no, this is all new to me. Oh, what? What? Yeah. yeah so
1: um... Cthulhu is a fictional cosmic entity created by writer H.P. Lovecraft and first introduced in the short story "Call of Cthulhu." Wow. You you should yeah you should. I'm uh, looking at this. Yeah, if you. Can, yeah, you should, you should get a copy of – go read Call of Cthulhu. Um, they um, – so just, again, to bring it back to politics, you do not listen to Chapo Trap House.
0: I do not listen to Chapo Trap House, yeah.
1: OK. So they – there is a role-playing game, a Call of Cthulhu-style role-playing game, which sometimes they play on the podcast because it's not – it's just about silly pop culture stuff when it's not about um, uh, socialism. <laughs> so anyway – um, if you, if you use some of those ep- as episodes uh, uh, about uh, call playing the the role playing game call of Cthulhu are pretty good.
0: And there is so. a the uh, two thousand and five. There's a survivor horror video game called Call of Cthulhu: Dark Corners of the Earth on Xbox and Windows PC.
1: Yeah, you should. You know, you you should do a deep dive into H.P. Lovecraft. He's a really interesting and and kind of bizarre person. This so. isn't
0: the guy who. Uh, um, uh, jumped out of the plane, to, to stole all that money. Is it?
1: No, that's uh, <laughs>
0: that's E.B. White,
1: who wrote a book about grammar. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's good. It's good. H.P. Now, H.P. Lovecraft. Is this where the H.P. Sauce comes from? Is this? It's exactly Heinz, where it exactly. He's from yes,
1: uh, exactly
0: the uh, Heinz Heinz family uh, uh, guy. All right, I'll check D. out DB Cooper. DB Cooper. BF Skinner. Is that a different person? <laughs> <laughs> is that? <laughs> that's uh that's a different guy that's a, i thought that I was a guy you think, t- think of mr spock <laughs> yeah mr. i think yeah mr mr the with the shoe guy dr dr shoals yes. <laughs> uh oh yeah okay well this this is good um so, uh, yeah, sorry for being so disjointed today with uh, with dogs and snow and fantasy football and Danny being extremely mad at me for trying to clean up my mess. Also, things that she – so I don't control the money in our house at all because uh, I'm be not – a good thing. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Um, and I'm and, and it and it's not like it's not like the dishes where I'm also not good at that but I do try the, the right. dishes like and, I'm, I'm, and I well, get better at that Money.
1: Here, here's the thing like yeah. so so welcome to welcome to spouse uh, safety talk so there is a thing where that I've heard that guys do where they try to do stuff badly so that their their spouses will just say look just don't even try to do
0: that anymore right right so. yeah I don't I don't do that because it's 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 uh, blatantly obvious and um, tra- very transparent so I i I do i'm actually i get i'm getting better at certain things like one one of the things that that Danny has always kind of mentioned to me i'm that I really haven't contributed much uh up until the last couple of months is making the kids' lunches and she's like yeah this is the lunches are, are the i hate it I hate making lunches, and so now I'm doing a lot more Cooking, and I'm uh, just because I'm like trying to control my diet, and at the same time, when I'm cooking, I'm like, oh, damn, I could just make lunches for the kids right now because I'm everything's out, right? Like I've got it, so I've been doing that a lot. Like there are certain things that I try to improve. The money is not something that I, I, I'm just not like the the risk of me not like. Uh, managing our money correctly is much higher than me not doing the dishes correctly. Well, and, and here's the thing. The risks of you not making the lunches correctly... That's on you,
1: dude, right? Right. You're a food safety guy, yeah, so I'm pretty. I can sure hear you, you understand allergies and you understand foodborne pathogens, so I'm pretty sure it's within your core competency to, to get better at making. Now, whether the kids like them or not, that's a separate question. But you could get better at that. I, yeah. I agree. I think the, the cost the cost of you trying to get better at managing the money it's just not worth it, right? Yes. Just leave Leave that to her. But yeah, you can you can load the dishwasher, you can unload the dishwasher, you can you can make the kids lunches, you can do more of the cooking. Like those are those are great things to do. Those think, are all so things.
0: That, yeah. yeah, that I'm. I'm. I'm I'm like, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to get better at it and I'm, and I, and I do, and I'm thinking about more. Um, so the, the other like money thing that happened to me this week that Danny was not super impressed with was that I, I received a parking ticket, um, for an expired meter and then did not pay the parking ticket. So it's late and the parking ticket, it was only for $15, but then there was a $40 late fee. So that was $40 that was, that was just stupid on me. Um, so, so anyway, the, the, this compounded with my, um, not my inability to PayPal and her sending it to the wrong address, um, is, uh, I'm sure this was not a good week of me not managing money for all around. Um,
1: uh, un- understood. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. So I, so I mean, this is, this is, we're way off, way off the rails here. So I, uh. I used to be married before, Ben. I don't know if you know about that. we do, we usually don't talk about this on the podcast right but, um so here we i didn't i did not I did not manage the money in that relationship. um and I do manage the money in uh, in 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 my current relationship, uh, my current and forever future relationship <laughs> <Like her wife.
0: laughs> my current <My> wife, wife. <laughs> like never say that never say no. that
1: to my wife. um and and I like I like doing it and also it's you know the other thing too while we're while we're divulging things um uh, my uh, my ex-wife uh, used to always like to drive the car and I just let her uh even though she I don't think she's a very good driver I'm sure she's fine <laughs> cut this out <laughs> edit quinn take no, care of this in post never hurts. yeah uh, uh
0: we're never releasing uh, this episode no uh,
1: and uh... but i do but i also but i li- but i've discovered i like to drive and i think i'm pretty good at it he said uh hopefully um and so yeah uh so i just i i, I manage the money and i drive the car um yeah so it, w- <laughs> it works out really
0: well <laughs> oh man um This is a weird one. This is good. This is good. This is snow day. I got nine dogs here. We didn't
1: didn't do any listener follow-up or feedback.
0: No. What else? Anything else uh, you want to talk about while we're here? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh let's, let's not, let's try to do a little bit of listener feed. Oh, so one thing I definitely want to do, and we've sort of done it already, but I want to explicitly plug risky or not. Okay. So risky or not is a, is a brand new, relatively brand new show that Ben and I have started doing. You can find out more at risky or Co. It is a lot of fun to do. Um, we have episodes through the end of February. I don't know when this episode is going to come out because we're Behind on everything, uh, you know. Here's the thing about podcasts, Ben. They're a lot of fun to make. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're good to record, easy to record. They're, they're
1: a lot of fun to record, and getting them posted is not as much fun. Um, but it's a necessary part, Ben. It's like doing the research. You know, the research is not done till it's published. Um, the podcast is not done till it's published. So we have episodes coming out um, three days a week through the end of February. Um, and then we've got a bunch more that actually have already been recorded. So we are, we, and we get, we got, we've gotten a lot of really nice feedback, a lot of great questions from people. I don't even want to go look at the spreadsheet, but we ha- literally have enough probably to do the whole rest of the year's worth of risky or not. So what is risky or not, Ben? Ben, uh, risky or not is a weekly podcast about everyday risk from germs. Um, it, it, uh, we promise in the show, uh, to do our best not to waffle, dither, dissemble or equivocate and to give you straight up answers about whether something is risky or not. Um, if you have questions, you can reach uh, Ben ban on Twitter at Benjamin Chapman, or you can reach me on Twitter at, at bug counter, or you can send us questions and feedback from the website, which is at risky or that's risky or Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, send us ideas, listen, listen, like, and subscribe. Tell us, uh, tell us if you like it, uh, if you don't like if you don't like it, uh, it's just not for you. Don't need to tell us that. Um, uh, go look at our website. It's got uh, amazing show art by Kevin Budnick, um, who has a, a a a question that is going, a Twitter question that is going to be featured on an upcoming episode. Um, and uh, people apparently really like the theme song, uh, which is uh, by Jonathan Colton uh, called "Bacteria." Um, he, it is not Jonathan Colton actually doing the singing. Uh, it is, it, but he uh, he basically took the audio. Uh, from a, a KFC training video. And so uh, apparently uh, people really like uh, like that song. And I think Kevin's show art is fantastic. Um, and so by all means, please do check out that show. So, and then also what we're going to do, if we get listener feedback on this show, that kind of falls into that riskier not, Bucket, we're gonna we're gonna move it over to that show, and we are eventually going to get to it. So, so I just wanted to do like a sort of a deep dive, a real plug. Uh, we've had these these shows in the can for a while. It's been it's been on me to get them up because uh, I'm I'm choosing to take responsibility for this, and, and I've just been busy with things. But it's a lot of fun to do. It's not quite as much fun to put out, but, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but you know, I, I've often said, Ben, uh, I would do this podcast even if nobody listened. Um, it would be a lot more fun to just do it and not put it out uh but then where where would the fun in that be if, if, because we, the, we would be disappointing our fans so you know i mean it, it is fun to talk with you but it's it's it and I honestly have to say it's fun when we actually get around to putting it out and people do listen and send us feedback so anyway uh that's my long uh, rant on that so do you want to do some uh listener food safety talk listener feedback
0: yeah heck yeah i do um where where should we start we've got some we got some free venison
1: Let's do free venison.
0: Okay. Um, so uh, this one uh, comes from uh, Deep, um, Deep Deer. Uh, message, I thought you guys might find this interesting. A local meat processor in Kentucky with a retail store has been offering a variety of venison summer sausage, not for sale, but would, quote, take a donation if you wanted some. I don't know what the laws in Kentucky are for selling wild game, but I heard an inspector recently visited the processor and was not happy. Um, And uh, he just uh, mentioned the the business and he did uh, send us a picture. And so I don't know if we can link to this picture somehow. Um, but it's, it's from, you know, it's not, it says right on it, not for sale. Um, and it's from uh show Walters, uh, country meats, venison, cheddar, summer sausage, family owned and operated. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, here, here's something that's free, but if you want to, um, give a donation for something, then, then I'll take it. Uh, this is, a, this is an interesting one. What do you, so, well, and, and it, yeah. kind,
1: it kind of circles back to our earlier discussions about like weird food safety delivery services and stuff. This right. is kind of a, it's kind of a gray area. So, um, I, I guess what, what I would say is, I, I, if you offer this to me, I would pass. Like I, I would not care to consume this product. So first of all, let's just, let's just get that out there. Um, and then I I, uh, I guess what's the what's the question? Is this legal? Um, I don't know. And again, the laws are going to be state by state. Um, if the f- inspector visited the processor and was not happy, that's certainly not good news. Um, I don't. You you might be closer to this than I am. Do you do you have any insight into the the legality at least in North Carolina?
0: Well, so I I guess I would only the the one that I can answer the 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 quickest way is if someone was trying to do this in a permitted restaurant facility, this is not, this is a meat processor, but say they were going to try and make something like this, um, you know, m- even make this exact same product in a, in a restaurant kitchen. The fact that it's not for sale doesn't really matter because what happens in that kitchen gets covered by, um, the food code, right? So, so in our state we are a, uh, food for pay. So if it is the food itself is not regulated, um, but how they make this food and handle it actually would be, if that, if that makes sense, right? Like, so, so just because the end product is it, it itself d- falls outside of the regulation, the act of making this summer sausage, even if it was for just personal use and was never even packaged would be, um, would fall under, um, the, you know, the, it, you would have to follow the food code, um, uh, regulations to, to make it. Um, I don't know how this would be handled if it was meat processing in in my state. And we, you know, again, it's a it's a uh, uh, pay you know food for pay makes puts it in the regulatory realm. So by saying it's not for pay, does it put the end product out of the realm? Probably. But I, my guess is that because of the mandatory HACCP plans, um, or you know because of HACCP plans and and the and the regulatory um, uh, infrastructure around them that that are our inspectors at uh, the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Science, uh, Services would also be have a lot of heartburn over, over this because um, just because you keep this product out of the stream, it doesn't mean that you're not in- introducing risks that might uh, affect the rest of your HACCP plan. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. So I, I did go down this road a little bit, um, clarifying certain things, because in Cooperative Extension, we do a lot of cooking school, food preparation, come to a come to a training and learn how to do something. Um, but also there might be food there that you consume. And and, and so the talking and you know not being lawyers um and and not want to 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 talk on behalf of the actual lawyer that I that I talked to is general counsel for um for our college um he he said that stuff like this um to paraphrase him it, it 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 seems like it's a loophole but really if you took it to court it it would be like yeah but it's not like a wink wink this donation is for something else doesn't Clear somebody from from the the world responsibility. Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like yeah, it's not for sale. It's uh, available for donation. Here's here's my donation bucket. Uh, a suggested donation is seven ninety nine. Um, <laughs> right, like it just looks. It really just looks like you're if it, trying if, to. If
1: it looks on. like you're selling it, guess what? You're selling it. Right, yeah.
0: right, exactly what he what he said. And so it was kind of like, so don't do that. Don't don't put on a. you know, and this was in relation to cooking sh- cooking schools. The but let's not put on a cooking school that says um, if there are real costs associated with this. Let's not do it in a way that we are uh, side um, sidestepping the regulations. Let's make sure we're doing it in a way that that makes sure we're in, co- in in uh, compliance with the regulation, even though we may not have to be. You know, on a technicality, why not like follow it um, and, right. and do it? Right. And, yeah. So, so yeah. So this is a, um e- I, I agree with you too. Like if I saw something that said, oh, this is this is not for sale but I want – and it's ca- hopping out of a food establishment and but we'll take a donation, I'd, I'd just be kind of weirded out by it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then the only thing I'll add is that uh, – but I still remember this. Um, back in the day when I was a graduate student at University of Georgia, we did um, – uh, we had a meat processing plant uh, in the – uh, hey. Someone's excited about meat. Um, we, had a, we had a meat processing plant in the, in the department, and we would uh, make uh, smoked hams and summer sausage, which we would, would sell as a fundraiser. And we had some of the sausage left over one time, and uh, so we took it to a local food bank. Um, it was frozen, and we took it, and, he, and the guy said, uh, you know, so what's the deal with the sausage? And we said, well, we're students. so we made it for a fundraiser, but we didn't sell it. And he says, uh, is, uh, is it okay? And, he, and we said, yeah. He said, and then he wrote on it, eatable. Uh, And he took the donation. So I think he made it maybe meant to write edible.
0: Yeah, yeah, edible instead of edible. (laughs) Um, So I apologize for the uh, arrival of my children home from uh, Snow Day School and the dogs. I, I, I have I have a hard out at uh,
1: two, so uh, do you want to just call it a show?
0: Let's call it a show, um, and we'll get to these uh, other um, <laughs> these other uh, listener feedback. And of course, this is like the most ridiculous episode ever, where we went on different rants and I had a dog. <laughs> uh, so I get to edit this one. This should be awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, there they've calmed they've calmed down. Um, Don, as always. I, I miss I miss uh, like chatting with you. Like, I feel like we haven't talked. We, you've been busy and I've been busy, and um, but it's always good to catch up and, and do this. It's one of my. It's a highlight of my week, and I get to see you a couple times next week, so we can actually do this in person. Not do this in person, uh, where we're recording a podcast, but actually hang out. So, um, but yeah. So I think that's a show. Uh, bye-bye. Bye bye, bye. cool sorry today was a mess oh
1: no that's it's fine it's fine yeah. it's all good
0: people get what they get uh, it's in the show it's in the show <sighs> yeah we're not uh we're, we're clearly not professionals i was i think i said way less us today <laughs> I, good for I, you yeah yeah um and then i go in um right there all right Sue. So,
1: so two weeks from today
0: yeah two weeks from today what let me let me pull that up i gotta i I like turn my calendar off because it updates i'm like i basically turn everything off uh okay so that's the fifth i have i i could do um i could do something before anything before one i got a heart out at one okay i I,
1: i'm 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 booked all morning with a defense i'm only free in the afternoon so
0: what about what does the fourth look like for you uh fourth is good could you do, I have, uh, my annual meeting with my department head to go over all the things that I did last year. Uh, that's nine until nine 30. Um, so I could do 10 o'clock and I have nothing else the rest of that day.
1: Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a, a college faculty meeting, which I'm probably not going to go to anyway. So, uh, let's, nobody's listening to this. Who, who's, no. a, who's a dean. So, uh, let's do, yeah, let's do uh, 10 o'clock.
0: 10 o'clock. Is that good. That's perfect. Um, and this one—that's going to be two oh five, right? This was, no, this was two oh five. That's two oh six. Is that okay. right? Yeah, because we go. We still have one in the can, right? Yes, exactly. Which I, uh, I got to post. Yep. Okay, cool. And uh, and then I'll do. I'll edit this and get it ready to go. Cool. Um. All right. Thanks. Sorry for again being a mess oh. today.
1: Uh, no, no worries.
0: Um. And then we're good. So we're having um, we're having lunch with Chip. Yes. Um, and. Um, we, so, um, oh, I'll just text you this cause I, we probably shouldn't record it. Uh, someone else wants okay. to have dinner with us on the, um, on, on Wednesday night, not the other person that we are already having dinner with. So I'm, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll deal with it over text. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks Don. All right. Bye. Bye.